Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, Before we get into everything, I do apologize. There was no episode last week and that this is going up on a Thursday, but you may or you may not see and I'll talk about it properly in a few minutes. I was wrestling at the Defiant Wrestling Shows last week and I got injured, but I just want to say that at the very start in case you're wondering where I've been. And then, like I say, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in in one second. We are back. You know, life is always going to throw curveballs at us, but it's how you hit those curveballs and come back swinging. And hopefully that's what we're doing this week. And I'm pleased to say that I am joined by a Patreon member, which I always enjoy. And it's my man, Steve. Steve, how are you doing today? I am very well, thank you, Simon. And, and how are you? Well, you know, I've been better. That's a good segue question. <laughs> so, if anybody doesn't know, uh, I just wanted to update everybody because um, I mean, it's all over. You can go to What Culture and watch some stuff. I've been tweeting some stuff, all this kind of uh, whatnot. But yes, uh, last Tuesday I was fighting Gabriel Kidd in a professional wrestling match. He hit me with a lariat, and on impact of his arm uh, hitting my shoulder, he cracked my collarbone, as I now know, in three, in three, not even two, in three different places. So, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's certainly not a good injury. In a way, it's, it, it could have been worse. Like, I always think muscle is worse than bone because bone just has to set and it will heal, whereas muscles can cause you a problem for years. Uh, well, that's kind of the, 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 the going idea anyway. But it does suck. It does mean uh, not only am I going to be on the shelf for a little bit, but I can't go to the gym, which sucks for me. Anyone that knows me, that's like my, uh, my peace time. It's my downtime. So having that off the table uh, is difficult. But yeah, I think the best thing to do is I will, I will do another episode all about this uh, once I know more. I've got a follow-up appointment tomorrow where I'm going to find out if I've got surgery. So I'll try and update you over the weekend. But for now, I would suggest heading over to What Culture Wrestling. And there's two injury updates on there that you can watch. And like I say, over the weekend, I'll drop another podcast or early next week. And I'll let you know what the diagnosis is. But enough of that. Enough talking about me. Uh, first of all, Steve, I want to thank you for all your support. And actually being a patron in the first place, it allows me to do these podcasts. So uh, I really appreciate that. No, you're most welcome. Thank you. And uh, anyone that would like to, obviously, come join the Patreon and come on the podcast, it's just patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316. There should be links no matter where you're listening to. Right, Steve, let's focus on you for a little bit before we talk about everything that's happened over the last seven, maybe even 14 days in pro wrestling. Um, fill me in on how you started to love this crazy thing that we, that we, that we call pro wrestling. You're a WWE guy, you're a Japan guy, you're a Nevada guy. Like, what's your story to get to the point where you're now talking to me on a pro wrestling-focused podcast? Well, uh, well it's, a, it's quite a long story. It goes, or it goes back quite a long way because um, I'm not a young man, unfortunately. Nothing wrong with um, that, man. Nothing wrong with being a little <laughs> bit old. Um, but just, I mean, just right off the bat, I, was like, I, I am almost exclusively a WWE guy. Yeah. Um, not really because I've excluded the other products for any particular reason other than just time. I don't have, I barely make time in my life to fit in all of the WWE content. Um, I'm a surprise, there's fact, loads of it. And, and in fact, the truth is I don't watch 205 Live. I'd love to, but that, <laughs> that's the one thing that kind of dropped off. NXT I will never miss. I do think, you know, it's, it's a bit of a cliched opinion now, but NXT is the best product that, um, the best show that, that WWE put on regularly. Yeah. Um, the weekly show and the takeover special. So I, yeah. I never miss an NXT. Um, Occasionally, I do have to drop a Miss Aurora Smackdown, but um, most of the time I watch that every week. And obviously, I never miss the pay-per-view. Subscribe to the WWE Network the week that it came out in in the UK. Um, And so I've not missed the pay-per-view since. Um, 
in terms of how I got into it, um, it goes back, I would say, probably to early 90s, 1991, 92. Um, I was you know, coming towards the end of my run at primary school. And suddenly you know, there was this kind of explosion of, um, of WWF, as it was then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all the kids in school suddenly were coming in with, with lunch boxes and folders and, and school bags and everything that have got these images of. It was always it was Hulk Hogan and it was Ultimate Warrior and Legion of Doom and, and British Bulldog. I suppose British Bulldog in, in the UK because he was our boy. Um, but it was those four guys, really. And, and before I'd even got a chance to watch any wrestling, just seeing the images of these guys. I mean, how can any, you know, eight, nine, ten year old kids see that? You know, the amount of color and the amount of kind of pomp and, and um, ceremony that just just they the, the drama that you see looking at them. And, and not instantly be captivated by what's going on. Um, and uh, so straight away, we didn't have Sky TV. I, I imagine that the explosion that happened at that time was probably coincided with the launch of Sky, didn't it? In, I mean, it was very, yeah, it in was. In the early 90s. Yeah, because I've always said I was really lucky to have Sky as a kid because my dad worked in TV, so he had to have it for his job. Like, it was just one of those lucky things. They're like, that's what you got to do. And that's how I got to see it all. Uh, and you're right, it did all tied in. All right, so, so we didn't have that, so. You know, I was, I was, you know, the cool kids in school would, would, would kind of come in talking about it and carrying all the merchandise and things. I'd be asking all these questions. I remember one time I asked, because, you know, they used to have the logo, the kind of the blue and gold logo that looked like a W. And I asked one of the kids, what does WF stand for? And I got this kind of slightly condescending, well, actually, it's WWF. And I was like, wow. You know, and I was kind of, you know, even from that, I thought, I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, there's, there's so much to learn and experience with. And so we started going to our local video shop and, um, once so every weekend we'd get one of the pay-per-views and there weren't very many in those days. There was only like the big four every year. Um, and so we'd get a new survivor series each weekend. And so bit by bit, I started working my way backwards through, uh, no, not in any particular order. You just, you go and you'd pick the one that looked the most interesting from the box. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was, yeah. Yeah. So I was watching a, a survivor series that's got Hulk Hogan and demolition and again, Legion of doom, you know, all the, the guys with the face paint and, and, you know, all the colors and the, everything and um and almost from the minute I, I watched it i was like you know i was hooked this was this was something that you know you know i was i, I was a fan you know the minute i sat down and watched it I mean, have you ever and had then, have you had ever a break since or have you been sort of with it right the way through <laughs> unfortunately yeah, i did have a break um, nah, nah, everyone has a break everybody so but mine mine was um was not a break by choice my my break was imposed upon me somewhat so um so my my, my parents got cable tv um at the end of 1992 um, and the first pay-per-view that I got to watch um, on that was the Survivor Series 92. Um, and, uh, and then from then, because they showed the pay-per-views free on Sky Sports. I don't think they were live to start with, but they showed them for free so we didn't have to pay for them. And, um, and I watched pretty much and videoed every pay-per-view. You know, you video it on long play. As well. Oh, yeah, you've got to get that I, tape. I built up a tape library you know, of every pay-per-view um, up until WrestleMania 12. Um, so it was... Uh, WrestleMania 12, the one with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart had the Iron Man match. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd got every, every pay-per-view pretty much on, on video, watched them all. And, um, and then um, I come home from school one day and um, my parents announced that they were cancelling our cable subscription. And, um, and I was heartbroken. Um, and you don't, as a kid, you don't <laughs> understand about, you know, mum and dad's finances and the reasons why they have to make some of these tough decisions. And I was just like, this is, this is a personal attack on me. I'm never going to be able to watch this wrestling anymore. And, um, 
And so, yeah, so at the start of 96, um, I was out, and because there was no internet really available at that time, I had no way of keeping up with what was going on. Um, and so it just, it just dropped. I had um, I, I was out of wrestling completely. And looking back, um, I realised that what a terrible time for that to happen because I think the next pay-per-view I would have got to watch would have been the uh, 96 King of the Ring. Um, and Where Austin it all began. And, and exactly. So I, um, I missed the entire birth of the Attitude Era. Um, and I was out of wrestling and it was like wrestling didn't, didn't exist to me anymore until like late 1999 when it was now it had reached a point where it was suddenly it was culturally huge again and channel four in the uk picked up you know sunday night heat and, and pay-per-view it's weird yeah. i remember watching the royal rumble on channel four I was at university I was like this is a bizarre way to watch anything well that was the first one for me that was the one that got me back in um so i started you know to, to watch the odd episode of sunday night heat um and at the same time my brother had brought home a playstation wrestling game i think it was wwf attitude i think it was called and to begin with, I wasn't particularly interested. Um, we got the, the video game on the PlayStation, and the first thing I did when we loaded it up was, you know, I looked at all the, the options for wrestlers, and I was like, oh, there's, there's that guy in the black pants, or there's that guy in the black pants, or there's, oh, he's got black trousers on, he's more interesting. And, but it was, it was, compared to what it had been in the early 90s, suddenly the color palette was all, you know, completely toned down. You know, the, the music had gone into kind of this, you know, heavy metal from the kind of, you know, family-friendly, cheery WrestleMania kind of theme that Linda McMahon still uses. Um, and so it was a completely different product that I didn't recognize. And the first thing we did was we got in the creator wrestler section and we, you know, rebuilt, you know, our wrestler for you. We, we built a Legion of Doom and we built a Ultimate Warrior and a Randy Savage. And so we used to just play with them, um, the characters that we'd made. And bit by bit, watching these episodes of Sunday Night Heat and then um, we kind of, oh, yeah, actually, no, the Hardy Boys, you know, they're, they're actually quite cool. And, oh, the Dudleys, and, oh, yeah, the Rockies, you know, he's interesting. He talks a lot. And um, and then I watched the Royal Rumble, um, the first pay-per-view I got to see um, after we come back. And, and I was just blown away. I mean, the product had moved on in ring, you know, so the, with you know, the, the tables match that the Hardys and the Dudleys put on. Um, and just the whole presentation and the characters. And so, yeah, so from that point, I was completely back in. Um, and, and I've been pretty much committed to it ever since. Um, I've had, I've had a, a, a few times over the kind of the mid-2000s where I've not been able to watch it weekly because of life reasons and stuff, but I've always kept up with the internet and things and followed what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm now, I'm definitely a lifer now. You know, I, ah, we all I'm are. firmly of the belief that it will, it will come back at some point. It will, it will reach this cultural point again where it's a huge phenomenon. And, and this time, you know, I, I got... I got in at the very end of the Hulk Hogan era and missed all of the 80s boom. I got in at the very end of the Attitude era and missed all of that boom. And so, you know, next time it has a boom, I'm, I'm in on the ground floor. You know, I'm determined that I'm not going to miss it again. So even if it doesn't happen until I'm 70 years old and I'm completely disapproving of what they're doing. I don't, th- you don't, see, I, I don't think it's ever going to have a proper boom again. I've said this, I've said this before. I, think no. ha- well, I, I don't think they have the boom in this. I think they're having the boom now. Like, you know, 2019 is going to be their most successful year ever when it comes to profits, even though most people don't like the product. Well, you know, a lot of sort of uh, hardcore fans don't like the product and TV numbers are down. But I think because financial numbers keep going up, there's no, you know, the reason we had the boom back in the days because they're about to go out of business, right? They had WCW yeah. on their tails and they were like, it was almost like being back to the corner and coming out swinging. I hope you're right and I hope I'm completely wrong. But my worry has always been that there's no reason for them to kind of shake up what they're doing because they've won. And only if they won, they're so far ahead of everybody else, you know, with $2 billion TV deals and, 
you know, and that's why, you know, I know we talk about this all the time, but it's true. That's why the Roman Reign experiment can continue to go on because it doesn't really matter what anybody does or if they tune out or, you know, who knows what. They keep making money. Like, they posted their Q2 results today and it's, the, you know, it's their biggest ever quarter in history. So, you know, if you're Vince McMahon and you're sat there and shareholders are happy and everyone's going out buying new cars, new coats, new houses, it's like, well, just business as usual, guys. <laughs> Let's keep plowing yeah, forward. Is- and I, I hope you're right. I, I really do. I mean... You know, the funnest time to be a wrestling fan. While actually, in hindsight, the Attitude Era was not as good as people said. However, the funnest time to be a wrestling fan was during the Attitude Era because everybody was involved. And if you were the wrestling guy in your school, all of a sudden, these people that used to shit all over wrestling wanted to know about it. They'd come up to you and they'd talk about it. It's crazy. That's it. That's that's absolutely it. Whereas, you know, for a lot of my time as a wrestling fan, including now, you know, you're kind of in the minority, aren't you? You know, I mean, especially in this country. I'm in my mid-30s and I'll meet people. And as soon as they hear, oh, you're a wrestling fan, they look at you as if you're a bit weird. And then you always get the, you do know it's fake, right? As if you're going to answer with, oh, my always. God, no. Always. No, thank, oh, thank you for telling me that. I'll, have to, I'll, sweet, I'll, I'll never watch again. You know, why people feel the need to have to tell you that. But, yeah, to be in there in a boom when everybody, it's, everybody's on the same page, everybody's on the same side. I, I do, I, I have to believe it's going to come back to that, I suppose. Um, I guess because I missed it kind of the first time. I mean, I was back in the time for WrestleMania 17 and things like that, so... No, I got I got the best of it, but you know I missed kind of the build up to it. I get that, um, but you could always go back and watch stuff these days as well, which I think. Oh, oh god, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I watch, watch, watch some of that over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the main. I mean, everyone has a break, and everyone comes back. And I think it's when you uh, when you come back, that's when you know that you're probably never going to go away again. Or at least that's what that's what I found. And with people that come on this, uh, you know, come on this uh, this this podcast, they all kind of say the same, like. You know that that that's how it happened, and even today, when again a lot of people do not like the product, they still stick with it, and that's a that's a scenario we'll never actually be able to explain. So let's talk about Raw and SmackDown as as they happened over the last week. I mean, you've just gone on, you know, about how you you got into the product, what you like, what you don't like. I mean, are you enjoying? Uh, just take this week's TV for example. I think you know it's pretty much the same each week in terms of format and and the kind of foundations that they use. We are going to talk about Evolution, the all-women's pay-per-view, in a second. But before we get there, just as a more general point of view, like, are you in? Are you out? Are these one of these people that go on the internet and yell about Roman Reigns? I mean, what's your, uh, yeah, what's your opinion, the direction that WWE's, you know, gone in? I, I generally, I mean, I, I like, I always enjoy watching it. You know, I, I say I'm, I'm sticking with it for life. I think if I genuinely stopped enjoying it, then I, I would, I would stop watching it. I'm not, you know, a complete masochist, but, um, I I do I, I still enjoy it. I enjoy just the nature of the, the sport or the the entertainment product that it is. I think it's you know, tremendous entertainment and there's nothing like it. Um, nothing like wrestling, not nothing like WWE necessarily. Um, so uh, yeah, but no, I, I I generally I watch it each week with a smile on my face. You know, I I enjoy the. Pro- I thought um, Extreme Rules got a lot of a lot of criticism online. I thought it was actually a really enjoyable show. Um, and uh, and yeah, generally this. Um, the, the Roman Reigns situation is becoming tiresome, um, but I don't think that's the fault necessarily of um, of Roman himself. Well, it's not the fault really of Roman himself. Um, and I think we're kind of between the company and the bookers and Vince McMahon and the fans. We've kind of reached this sort of impasse where, you know, we're both are kind of butting heads in this um, intangible position where no one's going to move either way. Um, and that is becoming a little bit tiresome. And when you watch a main event that just, regardless of how good it is in the ring, it's just going to get dumped on by the crowd. You know, I don't enjoy that. Um, and one of the reasons I say I, w- I want to see a boom come back is I want to see a main event end where you've got, you know, a babyface champion holding up 
you know, the WWE Championship and the crowd's going nuts because yeah. that's the thing that they wanted to see. Yeah, that's, and, what, that's, and why, that's We're why, not getting that at the moment. That's why I like AJ Styles so much because I think he does, you know, I think he, uh, I think he does elicit those reactions, which is, I think, one of the reasons why he's so... It's such a it's such a lovely figure. It's such a refreshing figure. I think it's why Daniel Bryan did the same kind of thing because he was a guy that we wanted to see uh, we wanted to see win. But as we're talking about it, and as it ties into this episode of Raw, you know, the main event was Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns hit a spear. One, two, three. He's now the number one contender for Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And I, I, it's, it's difficult because there were rumors going around beforehand that we may get a three-way with Bobby Lashley, which I actually thought was kind of interesting. I know that there was this bizarre rumor that they were going to do that and Bobby Lashley was going to win and Hulk Hogan was going to be the guy to raise his hand. I think that actually, made, if they had done that, I think I'd probably never be able to watch wrestling again. Like, I mean that genuinely. That would have been so forced and just awful, just awful on so many levels that I don't think I could have... Um, I don't think I could have stomached it, but obviously we're not doing that. And at the moment, we don't even know what Bobby Lashley's plans for WrestleMania, uh, for SummerSlam are. But I will say this, given the last six months or four months and how ridiculous the situation has been, if they are that set on just you know, allowing Roman Reigns to become the universal champion, don't worry about the fans, don't worry about the story, don't worry. If that's what you want to do by this stage, you've got to stand by your convictions and you've got to pull the trigger. Like, just let him, they let, have let, to do it, don't they? Just have to, he has to win, and he has to win clean, and he probably has to win quite quick, to be honest, because I think otherwise you're going to face another backlash. So, you know, if Brock Lesnar should have won go, at WrestleMania, shouldn't he? Well, he should have done, but I, 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 the, the, the way they swerve, I, mean, I can understand why they did it, because for 12 months, everybody was just talking about this is going to be the result of this main event. And, every, and by the time they got there, the fans had checked out because they knew what was going to happen. Or they but that's, they knew what was but that's happen, exactly so. why they should have done it. Like, uh, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Just because the result gets out there, I don't think that's why mm. WWE... I think that's when WWE should double down, if anything. I don't think we need to... You don't, sometimes, I mean this in a positive way. Sometimes you don't need to appease the fan base. And by that, I don't mean you don't need to listen to them, disagree with that entirely. I think they should listen to them more. And in fact, cheap plug, there is a What Culture video coming out soon where I argue that fact, and then some. But in that instant, just because everybody knows and everybody expects it, if you're going to do it, if they change their mind completely, that's different. But to, you know, to do a swerve just to prolong what their plan is regardless, that's just, we get what we got now, right? It's long in the tooth. It feels a little bit stagnant. The universal title continues to kind of take hit after hit. In, in the most ridiculous scenario ever, they're playing Brock Lesnar millions of dollars. Now everybody wants him to go away, which is the stupidest booking of all time. So that's why I think it was a mistake. And that's why now we are in un unprecedented waters, really, because, again, I don't think this would have happened if the business wasn't doing so well. So just let him win. Let him link quick. Brock can leave for six months or a year, however long he wants to go even if he does want to come back i don't know but he can do all his ufc stuff and then by the time he comes back no one is going to remember that and you can book and treat brock lesnar however you want because right now brock lesnar does not need to be the universal champion it brings nothing to that belt if it can't be on tv and brock lesnar is brock lesnar so it kind of works for everybody and then you know roman reigns can go back into a few with bobby lashley because he'd be with extreme rules broad Strowman, uh, you can move some with joe over kevin owens whatever you want to do and i actually think that will be good for raw because just having that figurehead, even if it is Roman Reigns or Universal Champion, on the show week after week is going to feel fresh. It's going to feel original. And then we can just forget all the, the craziness over the last few weeks. So while the end of Raw was a bit like, oh, gosh, it's just, it's just par for the course at this point. You have to do it. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. And hopefully, you know, come September, we can start looking at something different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the problem that we've had is that we've just been... You know, I mean, especially since WrestleMania, but even you know, building up, we've been in this holding pattern because we know what's going to happen eventually. Roman is going to pin Brock Lesnar, and he's going to win that championship. And 
they can delay it another two years. It doesn't mean that, you know, everybody's still going to know that it's going to happen. And all we're doing at the moment is just treading water. You know, a feud with Braun Strowman, a feud with Bobby Lashley, a feud with whoever is it all feels a little bit inconsequential. And you know, that's not fair because I think um, Lashley and, and Roman together in the ring, I think they put on two pretty good matches. And, you know, they it's a spectacle. You know, I mean, Lashley, he gets a lot of you know stick for not being a particularly engaging or entertaining performer. I think he's really good. I think, you know, he's, He's worth the price of admission, you know, to see him. I mean, he, he looks every inch a superstar. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he carries himself like a superstar and he, he moves and, and performs in the ring, you know, like a legitimate, you know, fighting machine. And then he looks really good to watch. And But their matches, the people aren't that interested because they know, oh, well, it's just it's what what's happening until we get to the, the next eventual Roman Reigns coronation. And so they've got to do that. And then once that's done, You've got Reigns as your champion, and as you said, you can bring in Kevin Owens, you can bring in Samoa Joe, you can bring in anybody, you know, Braun Strowman with his money in the bank. Um, well, that's my worry. You've touched on it. I mean, my worry is that Braun Strowman is going to cash in at SummerSlam and take it right off Roman Reigns, and that would just be such a bad idea. Like, and then that, we just get another Roman chase. Exactly, we? which I don't want, because I actually I quite liked, I know they do this from time to time, and it never goes anywhere, but I did like on Raw when Roman cut his promo, he came across like he didn't give a shit. And when Roman comes across like that, that's when I see his character blossoming. Like, you know, he says, I don't care if you think I'm shoved down your throats, even like it, or basically shut up. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it, it, just, it just works. And I much yeah, prefer, he's, he's, he's definitely better in that role. Yeah, and I get that they're treading water with it at the moment, but I just think they should go all in with it because he, he's neither a heel nor a face. He, I always say this, he is a science experiment. Um, and as we brought up Braun Strowman as well, I mean, Braun Strowman cut a promo, he came out said, you know, he's going to beat everyone up on his way to the Universal Championship. Uh, Kevin Owens came out, and the long and the short of it is they're going to have a match at SummerSlam for the Money in the Bank briefcase. And I actually quite like that, because I was disappointed that while I'd find it, I found it funny and it entertained me no end, I always thought that Strowman should have had a better match at WrestleMania, or at least a bigger match at WrestleMania. Um, but I thought the real interesting thing, and again, I've done a What Culture video about this as well, because it really did sort of take me by surprise, or at least kind of opened my eyes to a few things that I didn't even notice WWE's been doing. Before Braun Strowman launched into all of this, and this is how I'm going to tie it into the Evolution pay-per-view, he congratulated the women for mm. their, their big pay-per-view. Now, that was all over Raw, and I got no problem with that whatsoever. If you're trying to make it a big deal, you should be talking about it every five minutes because that's what makes it feel like a big deal. Perfect example is Braun Strowman threw Kevin Owens off the top of a cage. Raw mentioned it once, and now it may as well have meant nothing, which is ridiculous. It's a YouTube click these days, and that, that's crazy. However, Braun Strowman, given we, and I understand this is proper nerd wrestling, but that's fine. That's what we are. Braun Strowman should, in my opinion, never be mentioning stuff like this because it does take him out of character, just in the same way. If The Undertaker had done this 20 years ago, it's, it, you know, it's not me saying I don't... I think the evolution, the all-women's pay-per-view is brilliant. It's long overdue. And the more stuff WWE can do like this, the more it makes up for what they've done in the past. And if you need to know what I mean by that, just go and watch anything from the Attitude Era. All of it is unbelievable. So I think that's good, but it doesn't mean... It doesn't have to become all-encompassing. Like Braun Strowman did not need to say that. It doesn't really matter to me. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a guy in his 30s. I watch wrestling. I, I, I genuinely don't actually care. You do whatever you want, and I'm going to get the entertainment and enjoyment out anyway because that's how I watch the programming. However, if I put my critical hat on and want to start a discussion, I can absolutely understand why a lot of people would be like, well, why did you have to do that? You're already promoting it over the rest of the show, which is the right thing to do. Why couldn't we have kept it away you know, from someone like Braun Strowman, who really has more of a character, per se, than most other people on the roster. And I thought that was, if nothing else, interesting or worth a discussion. 
Well, I'm, I'll throw in an, another point to that, you know, also on you know, wrestling nerdy. He said, I'm looking for, you know, congratulations to all the women involved, especially Alexa Bliss. And you know, Braun Strowman is, I mean, he's not clear cut, but he's, 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 he's occupying a babyface role. He's feuding with heels and he's getting all the cheers. Yeah, good point. And, and, he's, and he's saying, you know, the person that he's most excited about seeing and happy for is the biggest female heel on, on the same roster. You know, things like that as well. I mean, probably going to make me sound uh, unpopular opinion, but I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Braun Strowman. Interesting. Um, Why not? I just. I, I mean, I, again, nothing against him particularly. I just don't quite get what he is, or, or, or I mean, he's. Um, how to put it? He's he's partly. I mean, he's he's they're portraying him as a babyface. Which I suppose they have to because he's over with the crowd. So as soon as he comes out, you know, whichever alignment they've given to him, he's going to get a massive cheer when he comes out. Probably as a result of the fact that he was one of the people that was was put in the way of Roman Reigns, and that kind of got him over by you know, osmosis, really. That they hated <laughs> Roman, so that it got Braun over. Because yeah, he and he was whipping the... his ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was there, he was there trying to kill Roman, and that's what everybody wanted to do. So suddenly everyone loves Braun Strowman. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, here having the money in the bank, it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of novel because rather than taking the kind of sneaky approach of needing to wait till somebody's you know already had a match and they're exhausted and they're out on their feet and then he comes in, hits a. I mean, he can he can stalk them like the monster that he is, and 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 everybody can live in fear of him. But I just don't quite get whether is he the new Undertaker that kind of can exist outside of the championship, as it were, um, yeah, I think to as a, a special extent, yeah. attraction. Does he not need it? Um, and then his, everything about him really should be the monster heel. Um, even the fact that, you know, he, he tried to kill Kevin Owens last weekend um, by throwing him off that cage um, and then showed absolutely, you know, no, no sign of contrition. No, there's nothing really in his presentation like that that's particularly babyface. Um and yet he is this baby face. And the book, so I, I find him a little bit like hard to play. I suppose this is perhaps because, you know, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan from the early 90s when everything was a lot more kind of cut and dried and clearly defined. Um, but I just find him a little bit hard to place. Um, and I don't really see him as being the, 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 the main guy, the, the figurehead, the one that everyone's going to kind of, you know, the fans can rally around ultimately. It's just, for me, it just doesn't quite, there's something that's not quite fitting there. My thing with Braun Strowman, I, I hate to always bring this up, but hey, it's the centerpiece of WWE, so it's always going to be there a little bit, is that, you know, really Roman Reigns got in the way. Because if, if, if back in the day, if, you know, Braun had received that, I hate the word, but it's the best word, had received that organic reaction from the fans, cha- you know, plans would have changed and he would have been the guy. And you could tell that they did react because at the Elimination Chamber, Braun eliminated everybody apart mm. from Roman Reigns, who then just speared him and got the win. So yeah. I, do, I do think that hampered him a little bit, and I felt like he was a little bit in limbo at WrestleMania 2, which affected him. But I do like him, and I do think he's got potential. And I, I do enjoy the Kevin Owens feud. I really, really do. But it's just, I think, because his character really, and I mean this in a positive way, it's kind of shallow, right? He's the big guy that kicks your ass. But you can make that yeah. work in wrestling. I think he needs to be protected more, more than others, and... I think he should just have one agenda, and I think we should push that agenda. And really, it's just that classic thing of, if I tune into Raw or SmackDown, 
I want everything you do within those parameters to feel real. As simple as that, mm. right? So I know it's fake. I know it doesn't matter. However, from an entertainment suspending my disbelief point of view, if Braun, if Braun Strowman wouldn't say or do it, then make sure Braun Strowman doesn't say or do it. It's just that simple stuff. I get it's old school, whatever, but that's just what I like. That's just what I like from my pro wrestling. But yeah, yeah no. I mean, I uh, I, you know, talking about the Evolution pay-per-view, that's how Raw started. I like it. I mean, I, I, a few people asked my take on this because a lot of people have went, well, where's the whole men's pay-per-view? It happened in April. It was called the Greatest Royal Rumble. Greatest Royal Rumble. And <laughs> I was there. You had it. So I, I have no problem with WWE doing new things. I have no problem with WWE uh, pushing women this way. It's, I literally have no problem with it. I think it's good. I'll enjoy the There's show. There's decades of almost entirely exclusively male pay-per-views in, in the past anyway. So but exactly. And also, yeah, it's about time, isn't it? Yeah, that's the other thing as well. We, we have, there are going to be some uh, sort of thought process or, or lines of thinking that we have to change because people have been conditioned a certain way. And that goes with WWE as well because on Raw, we still you know, only had like a couple of women's matches that went three minutes and didn't mean anything. They're fine. But I'd much rather they weren't women segments, and they were just segments that featured women. And I'm hoping stuff like the Evolution pay per view is uh, is positive steps um, positive steps towards that. So we will uh, we, we will see what happens. I mean, most of everything else on Raw was putting together the SummerSlam. It looks like it will be the Revival versus Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus the B Team for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Got no problem with that. I like the B Team; they make me laugh. Uh, I would prefer it if like, the Hardy and White became a bit more crazy. I've said this loads, but if they came a bit more crazy over the last, you know, the, over the next few weeks because you know they can't win, they want their championships back. Because I just think that differentiates them as a team, and not going all in with it, it seems nuts to me because you've got two nuts characters. Well, they're teasing that a little bit as well. I feel that you know when the B team beat them this time, Matt Hardy did is you know that was wonderful, you know, round of applause, and then boot to the gut and a twist of fate and a sister yeah. Abigail. So it's it's slightly more now of the the bitter heel that's lost reaction, um, which is perhaps opens the door for them, th- those two embracing more of the dark side and becoming more out there because they're and especially I mean the way they I, I really enjoy the B team I think they're a, they're a lot of fun to watch and 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 again they're somebody that that seems to have gotten over you know quite quite organically with the way that you know they're entertaining. Um, they're, they're in a, a spot where they, they shouldn't really have any success because they're, they're basically jobbers, you know, that have, um, that, have, that are fluking their way to wins. But I think they're actually booking that really well. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I like the Revival you know, more than either of them. You know, I hope they, uh, they go on to win that match and then feature much more heavily on Raw than they have been doing as the dominant champion team. Um, but as it's going, yeah, I think... Um, the, the B team are very entertaining, um, and there is there is a chance that that they are looking to kind of push this, you know, woken, broken, extreme version of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. I hope they do because I think eventually you can split them up and have an awesome feud. But I don't want that to happen until they've gone proper crazy. I want yeah. I I don't want there to be a ceiling for this. I want it to be my variety, my pacing of the show. You know, what are they going to do this week, kind of thing. And I don't think we've really tapped into that too much at the moment but i think we have a have an opportunity to do it here it's all been a little bit dilute and a little bit what especially the, the the matt hardy woken instead it's all been well, a little bit i think it's you know, exactly what a lot of people worried it would be mm. uh, and i actually thought at one stage they'd just build it slowly slowly but now they're kind of just falling into a pattern with it which is fine but i think maybe it's good to take a step back and be aware of it and maybe try and change things up if we can you know i don't think that would be the worst thing in the world by any stretch of the imagination I think personally, I think they missed a little bit of a trick when when the Hardys first returned at that WrestleMania uh, a couple of years ago, the surprise return. That they 
for me, if I was booking, and maybe they, they didn't because they didn't think they'd ever come to a settlement over whether they could use the trademark at all. Um, but if it was me, I would have completely gone away from any of the, the, the broken stuff, any of the, I mean, Matt Hardy came out straight away, white streak in his, in his crazy hair, doing the delete gesture. Uh, and I think what I would have done is I would have booked them as the Hardy boys of old come out as if none of that had ever happened and then started to slowly kind of drop in the teases that this might come in rather than going straight away with a, oh, it's the Hardys. At some point, they're going to go broken. Um, because because of that, it's, it's always been just a little bit, uh, for me, it's been a little bit below par um, or a little bit kind of, you know, not quite as, as intense or, or quite as, uh, as exciting as it could be the way that they've been booking them. I think it's fair. I mean, I talked about Jeff Hardy as well as he's come up. I will say, over on SmackDown, I love what they're doing. I absolutely love the Randy Orton. I mean, basically, Randy Orton came out, cut a promo where he insulted the Young Bucks <laughs> and mm. said that, uh, you know, the fans don't respect him because he doesn't work in bingo halls or, you know, he hasn't stolen any sweet hand gestures and he did the two sweet signs. I will say, I agree with Dave Meltzer on this. I listened to the Wrestling Observer podcast earlier. I do agree with the fact that bingo hall references in 2018 are a bit ridiculous. Uh, I get that's the, the working term, but no, I really like the idea of a few between Orton Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. I think for the US title especially, I think that's, that, that's awesome on paper. And Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I thought SmackDown this week was fantastic all around, which uh, we'll get to in a second. But before we leave Raw, I do feel like we have to talk about Sasha Banks versus Bailey. All the rest is kind of standard stuff for Raw, but yeah, I cannot believe, I cannot, and I'm a positive dude, right? I love pro wrestling. I'll always watch it, and I'll always watch it with a smile on my face, but I cannot believe that for about the 12th time, they've gone back on the Sasha banks Bailey turn. They're actually a team again. Like, I just... It's almost like they think we don't remember this stuff. How are we meant to buy in? I just don't get it. I think what they've done... They want, they want to split them up, and they want to have them feud, and they want... But they've done that. The, the they've done it, like, 40 times. <laughs> but, but they also... They want the crowd to be invested into it with one of the... Well, this is my theory, anyway. That, you know, if you go back... And as I said before, I'm a big NXT fan, and... I love the Sasha Banks Bailey feud that they did in NXT um, when Sasha was the, the 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 big badass heel and and Bailey was the underdog babyface. Um, that dynamic between them worked really well. Having Bailey as the heel and Sasha as the face for me that's not going to work. Um, but the problem that they've had whenever because they've teased it and teased it and teased it, whenever one of them's turned on the other and. and whether it was you know, Sasha backstage throwing Bailey into all those crates, the crowd are cheering that because they want to see the split. And then, so they, they kind of, they, they step back from that. And then a little bit later on, um, a few weeks ago, when Bailey turned and she started beating up Sasha and, and he properly went for it and, you know, kicking her when she's done, swearing at her and all that, you know, it was not what you would expect from the Bailey character. But the crowd are cheering it. They're going, and, and so they've tried to do her as the heel. And the crowd, and what they, what they want, I think, is that they want to have a, a, a feud that's kind of, in the traditional sense where you've got the baby face that they want to win and the heel that they want to see get beaten up. And so what they're doing now is they're trying to get everybody again for the millionth time invested into the relationship with Bailey and Sasha. So you look at um, the one true heel that they've got, you know, in all of their, you know, WWE's umbrella is Tommaso Ciampa. And um, Samoa Joe and, as well. I think Samoa Joe comes well, up in that category. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, even that, though, I mean, Joe, Joe comes out and everyone's cheering, you know, Joe, Joe, Joe to his theme tune. True, true. He did, at the end of SmackDown, he, he did the, um, you know, it'll be phenomenal. And he kind of did his AJ Styles impression. And, and again, the crowd cheer. I mean, they cheer because, you know, he's a wonderful performer. Um, but I always think that, I mean, this is a whole different topic, but I think that slightly undermines the, the heel if the crowd are cheering for them. Um, 
But so what they want, I think what they want with Sasha and Bailey is they want somebody to go champer and, and just for the crowd to hate them because they're the one that has split up this relationship. That, and so now they're bringing in, you know, they're, they've, they've loved each other forever and, you know, they're closer than friends. They're like sisters, and, you know, to, to try to get everybody really in. And it's, you know, it will either work or it won't. And my suspicion is people probably won't, will see through it because we've been there so many times. But I think that's what the effort is is to, to make everybody believe this is a really close bond. And then when somebody does break it, um, then that makes them the monster heel. And hopefully it'll be Sasha Banks because I, I really don't buy Bailey as the heel. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is, uh, well, A, I just don't care about it anymore. I can't, I can't buy in or care for something that, you know, changes that often. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I feel like I feel like I'm in a time machine. And I'm going back in time constantly. But the other real problem was it was is that, you know, Bailey has felt so... Uh, restrained and held back for so long that when she did unleash and she got that reaction from the crowd whether they wanted her to be a whole or not I don't care she had fire and she had an edge to her as well and I think that's what she was missing so to you know absolutely stay away from that was just it was just nuts it was just absolutely nuts and I mean I don't know whether this is going to end with them turning on each other again or or something like that but either way it's just it is this angle was one angle too far and it has to end with them turning on each other in the end. They can't do that now, though. If they do that now, I'm just going to roll my eyes and go, you cannot do this again. That's the problem. Now they, they've backed themselves into a corner where it's a lose-lose. They really should have gone with it after, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, after Bailey went, did all that crazy beat-up, beat-up stuff. That was just that was the time to do it. And I, oh, I can't believe, I genuinely can't believe they... they, they, they Someone backstage, no, we yeah. get back together again, and not even sort of, you know, uh, unwillingly. They're now, like, oh yeah, we're friends. What are you talking about? I, I what they had two weeks of friendship counselling. You know, that counts for something. Oh my gosh, uh, that, 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 that was so that was so bad. And I like segments <laughs> like that. I don't, I don't mind WWE doing stuff like that. That, that Doctor Shelby's good. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, really pay him double. But I honestly don't mind. I like the pacing of the show. I like them doing different things. But that was just bad. There's no point in pretending otherwise. It was not entertaining in any any sense whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I, I, mean, just, I think I think I see the point to it. I think if you imagine those two now, they they stay together. Maybe they go through the evolution pay per view, win a women's tag team championship that might be created around that time, and and have a long run with that. And then and then you know a couple of years down the line, or maybe they don't win the championship, but they they're, they're chasing the championship against a heel team, very much again like the DIY kind of model. I, I suspect that's what they're trying to follow, and and hoping to elicit that reaction when they eventually do split them up. Well, I mean, if it all does tie into that, maybe that's what the evolution... Maybe they just thought we need to extend this out to the evolution pay-per-view. Because they will have a good match, but I will not be invested because I think the whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. It's just, it's just, just crazy. Um, and talk about SmackDown quickly as well. I mean, the other two things I wanted to touch on there was the, the finish to the show. I thought it was great. A lot of people are now shitting on it. I thought it was excellent. The whole show, Miz teased that he was going to go out there uh, with his... Um, what would you call it, with, with his baby, which he did. Then Daniel Bryan eventually came out to take him on, and he threw his baby at him. And I, I just thought it was awesome. It turned out to be a fake baby, distracted Daniel Bryan, gives him the skull flush and finale, and legs it out of there. I just thought it was a great way to kind of restart that feud. I loved it. I thought it was funny and in, in the right way that it should have been. It was different, which I always appreciate in WWE. I'm always up for them doing something I haven't seen before. I've never seen that, regardless of if this happened or not. I just, and I like Daniel Bryan like The Miz. I, I, just thought it was, I just thought it ticked every box. Yeah, well, that's another. I mean, that's a feud that eventually we want to see come to a head. Got to be and, a um, slam, yeah. but, but they've done a good job with that one, really, because it's been it's been on the back burner. Um, you know, it's it's been there and then it's been in the back, and then they've gone up and they've done other things. But it's always been, you know, when they've had an opportunity to, 
they've still thrown in a reference to the fact that they don't like each other. So, so they've, they've never completely forgotten about it. So it's always there. So that's one that, that really is. It's, it's a long-term build. And I think they do. I, I loved, again, what they did on Same As You Said with, with the, the end of SmackDown. Um, I like the fact that we've got to a stage in, in WWE wrestling that you know, 20 years ago in, in the height of the Attitude Era, he probably would have thrown that baby and then no one would have made any reference to the fact that it was just a doll. We'd have probably been left to believe that it was a real baby. That they'd th- So I kind of like the fact that we've, we've gone to a slightly more sane and sanitized product in that sense. Um, but it was still a, you know, a, you know, a, a moment for, for the, you know, to pop the crowd. So I thought it worked really well. No, no, I did. I, 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 I just enjoyed it. I thought it was different. I thought it was a great way to get that feud uh, kicking off again. I also wanted to point out, on ups and downs, I gave a down to Andrade Cien Almas versus Rusev because Rusev lost. I think people misunderstood. I just love Rusev. So if Rusev loses, he gets a down. But in terms of Rusev and Almas having a feud, I think that's awesome because Almas can be the, fe- the face, uh, the heel, sorry. We can slowly turn Rusev face, I hope, finally, long overdue, and they'll have really good matches. I've got no problem with that i got no problem with that whatsoever. So I just wanted to point that out. And also, it got confirmed that, yes, as we mentioned, Samoa Joe is going to be the, uh, the number one contender at SummerSlam against AJ Styles, which I think is wonderful. Because if you mm-hmm. followed both of their careers for, you know, way back in, you know, in 2007, they were having five-star matches with Christopher Daniels in TNA. And now they're about to headline, or at least one of the headliners, whatever you want to call it, you know, one of the, the well, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year in WWE. I just think that's great. I think it's a lovely story. They'll tear it up. They'll probably have better matches than Nakamura and Styles have, I think. That's just my that's just what my gut says. Um I, I just I like it all around. I just I like the feud. I think Joe will be awesome. Styles is great. I think eventually we will be able to sort of fall into the good guy, bad guy routine pretty easily. Yeah, I just thought this was wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of, of both of theirs. Um so I'm I'm very much looking forward to that match as well. And and I'm happy that that's the decision that they've made that that Samoa Joe is the next. You know, I, I was, you know, as, as you've mentioned many times on the podcast, I'm in agreement that they, they should have, have given, at some point, they should have put the championship on Nakamura you know, after he turned heel. Yeah, just to so justify, they, yeah. He, he should have had a run with that title. Um, but the fact that they've, they've not done, I'm glad that they're not continuing that feud. I'm glad that they've moved on to separate things. And, and Joe, I think, is the right man to, to now be you know, the, the SmackDown main event. I think he should win it. I, I'm saying it now. I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll make a call nearer to the show. But in terms of what I think should happen, I think he should win it. I, I agree. I think um, it's. Uh, I suppose it's classic booking one one. It's a, a baby face that's chasing. In in many ways, is more interesting than a baby face that's that's defending and a and a heel that's defending and a heel that's lording it over everybody and and abusing their power as champion in many ways, he's more interesting than a heel that's chasing. So, you know, I, I, I would quite happily see Samoa Joe. The one thing that disappoints me is that, that it's now, it's the secondary championship in WWE, really. The, the universal title is, uh, well, is that's, the big one. That's and, just, that's Raw and SmackDown, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we'll see what happens when they move to Fox next year, but that will always be the way. The, the, whatever's on Raw will always be the number one championship. It just will, unless I say, like I say, it changes because of the... the um, the ratings they may get on, on, on Fox. But, you know, it's still cool. It's still cool. I still like it. Yeah, it will still be a great... And on the, um, on the Rusev point, um, uh, Rusev and Andrade, you know, I thought a great match. Um, I'd quite like to see a feud with them continue. They're, they're quite similar in, in the... I mean, not, uh, I, there was one point when they were both lying about, you know, kind of the, the, their outfits and their beards and everything. I wasn't quite sure which one was which. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I don't mean they're similar in that way. The, the way that they've got... Um, they've got Lana and Zelina Vega in kind of a similar positions, so they 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 make quite a good complement for each other. Um, I think I would have 
yeah, I'd pull the trigger fully on a Rusev babyface turnout. I do think he has a higher ceiling as a heel overall. Um, but the time is right now, or the time the time has been right for a long time with Rusev Day and everything to to pull the trigger on yeah, a full I, I face so. turn for Rusev and let him run with it and see what he can do. I think what you say as well, I like the idea of Lana and Vega having a little thing, you know, uh, compared to what Rusev and Andrade. I think I would just benefit everybody. So that's all I meant. But if Rusev loses, it gets a down. Simple as that. That's how I, that's how I live my life, people. And it's always <laughs> going to be that way. If Rusev loses... Uh, it gets it down. Also on SmackDown, James Elvworth got fired. He wasn't working on a contract anyway. And Becky Lynch became number one contender for the SmackDown women's title. And she will uh, face Carmella at the event, which I like too. I like all of that. That feels long overdue. But I like Becky Lynch. Is just, she, just a, she just comes across as the best baby face. I don't know how anyone can hate Becky Lynch. Even her Instagram stories are funny. Like she's, <laughs> she's, just, 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 she's just a good baby face. That's all it is. No, she's great. She's a, she's a fantastic in-ring performer as well. I, I, I'm sure... When I first started watching NXT, when we first got the network, Becky Lynch in NXT, I'm sure she was a heel to start with. And she had, or to, when I say to start with, when, when I first started watching NXT. And she had a match with, and I think it was just on TV, um, with one of the, I think it was with Charlotte. Um, I might be wrong, I think it was with Charlotte. And, and it was a fantastic match, and she lost. And after Charlotte had gone, she was left in the ring. And although she was the heel, the crowd started think, singing her theme music to kind of to salute her as she left, and and she sort of she became a babyface kind of instantly after that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I may have my alignment wrong, but that's the first time I, I really remember seeing that kind of thing happen. Where just you know, since well, since Eddie Guerrero and Edge had an amazing ladder match about 15 years ago, um, when Eddie was was given a standing ovation after losing, but since then that's the first time I really had, had witnessed that. Um, a performer had done so well in the ring that, that, that they'd won the crowd. You know, Rocky Four style, they'd won the crowd over. <laughs> um, and so, you know, ever since that moment, I've always, I mean, of, of the four horsewomen, you know, Sasha Banks as a heel is my favorite. I think she is the one that, that could I, be I the, can't the, the believe top woman in WWE. But she's but never had a heel run on Becky is my, uh, is my other favorite of those four. Yeah, I can't believe Sasha Banks never had a heel run on the main roster. I think it's bonkers to say the least. Um, I think the biggest problem that she has is that Alexa Bliss is now playing pretty much her character and is uh, is, is knocking it out of the park as well. Um, so I, that's, still, that, I think that's why they're kind of a bit cold on throwing in the boss character because it's it's very similar to what Alexa's doing. I'd move it to SmackDown then. I just If that's where she's going to shine and do the best, I don't know why you'd hold back on that. I find it, yeah, I, just, I find it absolutely crazy. I really, really do. Because uh, as a babyface, I think she's limited. I think she, uh, yeah, you know, I think as shown, I think she's hit the ceiling and she can't really tap into whatever it is inside of her because that's not who she is. I don't know. Well, uh, it's the classic thing, isn't it? You're, I mean, I'm not saying that she's an unpleasant person. I, I don't know if she might, she might be lovely, but um, they always say that the best wrestling characters are yourself turned up to 11 and she seems more natural in that, you know, the actions that she kind of carries out as a hit and just the way she carries herself. And, you know, when, when she comes down to the ring, she's got those sunglasses as a baby face, she kind of, you know, Bret Hart style, she gives them to a fan. And, whereas as a, as a heel, she just kind of you know, tosses them away like they don't matter. Yeah, that kind of thing just looks more natural, looks more real. And just those, those tiny little nuances in the presentation, for me, mean that she works better as a, as a heel. Yep, I agree. I would turn her heel, I'd have Becky Lynch super face, have Bailey super face, and I'd have Charlotte heel, I'd move them all around to, to make that work. I think it makes the women's division yeah, stronger. Charlotte as well is, is a better, I mean, she, she works in both capacities, but I, I think Charlotte as well. 
Yeah, certainly is a better heel. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, so that's pretty much Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I know we missed out on Extreme Rules from a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's, you know what happened. It was a decent enough pay-per-view. Uh, you can go watch my ups and downs on that on What Culture if you, if you want to get my take on it. But yeah, I didn't hate it as much as other people did. I thought it was fine. Uh, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. I think it's going to be really good. I think NXT the night before is going to be awesome. Uh, just on that yeah. note, spoilers if you don't know, uh, Champa is now your NXT champion in a, just a phenomenal match with an awesome finish that you should probably go and check out if you have 10 or so minutes. And yeah, it's set up a three-way for the NXT TakeOver event, which is probably going to be the best match of that weekend. Problem that or Samojo AJ Styles will be the ones I put my money on. So we will, uh, we will see what happens with that. But yeah, I think SummerSlam is shaping. I'm, I'm excited about SummerSlam. I think WWE know they, or they especially they want to turn it into a, a summer WrestleMania. It's basically mm. they're going to make more money off of it. And the only way to do that is create buzz. You create buzz with good matches. So that is what I think they, uh, they're they going to try and achieve. And I, I, I know we've got a few weeks to go. And, you know, booking can sometimes be too long in the tooth. I mean, as I say, this is still one, two, three and a half weeks, which is a long time. But I, I, think, we'll, uh, I think we'll do well with it. That's my, that's my gut feeling anyway. No, I think so. I think it will be uh, shaping up to be a good. The only problem there's there's a few rematches on there. I would have thought it would have, it would have been better to get Becky Lynch into the number one contendership without just doing the same match that they're going to do, uh, the same one on one they're going to do, but have her win in a non. If, if they could have come up with another, because you'd like to go into your pay per view and see a match that you've not seen before or you've not seen for a long time before. But now that's maybe that's just splitting hairs. It's you know it's still the match that we want to see or I want to see. So it's. Uh, it's shaping up well. Yeah, I th- and, and takeover will be amazing. Yeah, no, it will be. I, I think as long as Becky Lynch wins, I don't mind. If she doesn't win, then I'll uh, then I'll question it. Uh, if you're not a member of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook group, I would uh, encourage you to go join, sign up, hit a like, and you can come join the ever growing group, which I always love. Uh, as you may, or you probably do know, if you're a regular listener, we usually do a Q and A episode in the week. But tomorrow, I have to go to hospital to finally figure out what's going to happen with my shoulder. So I promise we do a bumper episode and ask for some questions, and that's where you do ask questions. So that's what we're going to do now. We're just going to run through them as quickly as we can. And that's that. Nice and simple. So, Bradley Luke, on WWE 2K18, Chad Gable, Finn Balor, and Xavier Woods are listed as cruiserweights. If you had to pick one to go down to 205 Live and be the champion, who would you pick? Well, based on the current lay of the land, I'd pick Chad Gable. Because while Finn Balor's not necessarily being used as potentially, he's still got a spot. I mean, Xavier Woods in the New Day are like bulletproof at the moment anyway. Whereas Chad Gable just turns up every week and gets yelled at, basically. He doesn't do anything, and then he pops up on Superstars or whatever the stupid show's called. So I would put him, if you're going to make him the champ and push him, I mean, absolutely, Chad Gable. He'd be great. He's a great wrestler. He'd actually have a spotlight. I don't think there's, there's much of an argument there for me. No, I, I would have to agree. Finn Balor, is, he's a cruiserweight, or he's, he's, he's the size of a cruiserweight, but he is, uh, he's basically a main eventer, isn't he, in the heavyweight scene already. They, they don't really reference the fact that he's a cruiserweight. I think they've even stopped announcing his weight when he comes out. Um, to try and distance him a little bit from the cruiserweights. Um, Xavier Woods, I, just, I mean, you could if you wanted to to separate the New Day out into you know, put put Biggie into the, the the championship picture. You could maybe put Xavier Woods keep the New Day under their sort of umbrella. But I think Chad Gable is the the appropriate one or the right one to do that with. Yeah, I I just think he needs something. I can't. I, he, he feels wasted to me. Uh, Chad Gable, which uh, Dave Meltzer also says. If Dave Meltzer says it, it must be true. That will wind He could have some incredible matches with some cruiserweights as well. It really could. Um, 205 Live is good. I know it doesn't have any traction. In fact, both, they kind of suffer from the same thing. That and Impact at the moment, both are really, really good shows. They just don't have much buzz because even though the people watching them are really excited about them, it's not really getting much traction. You know, not a lot of people are talking about it and so on and so forth. Well, it's the problem is, is as I said at the start, you you have to, well, a lot of people 
have to to pick and choose what they can watch and 205 because it it started quite poorly or, or you know without the um without the momentum that, that it started to develop that was always the one that you know i'll watch that if i can but it's the one that kind of dropped off and then i think that's the case for a lot of people you've never never really got into it in the first place well, that's it. And it's like Judge a Book by his cover, right? They think it's got a stigma now, so they, uh, they'll stop watching. But yeah, I put Chad Gable on it. Absolutely. Richard Lee Breslin, hope you have a speedy and full recovery. Well, that's very nice. That's in reference to my shoulder injury, so I appreciate it. Garth Jackson, uh, if you could turn your injury into a storyline to make something positive come of it, how would you book it within Defiant? Well, Garth, all I'm going to say is this. I've been watching wrestling for 30 years. I understand that you can extract a positive from anything. Make sure you're watching Stacked. That's all I'm going to say, and we'll move on. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, hope you recover quickly. That's very nice too. Uh, there's a lot of well wishes here. I don't want to. I mean, they, they mean the world to me, but I understand people listening may be like, "Timon, we don't want to hear about your well wishes." So I will say thank you very much to everybody who's. Uh, I mean, just in general, the amount of love and. I mean, there's been some negative assholes as well that have called me injury prone and that I should quit. Those guys can kiss my ass. They're people that sit in their basements and don't do, do anything with their lives, so they can fuck I, right. I've up. seen some of that on there. I think that's just people that that. They're trolling out there. They, uh, they course, probably don't even believe that. They just want, oh, I know uh, why. Of course, is the new the new one today was oh he didn't fall properly. Well, even if that is the case, which it's not, but even if it was the case, the bone broke on impact of his arm hitting my shoulder. So he, he it, didn't it was, fall onto his arm properly. Well, exactly. Yeah. So it, it was already broken by the time I hit the floor. Like that's just that's just the way of it. And anyway, we, we don't focus on trolls. But yes, thank you to everyone with the nice messages. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Neil S. Bolt, who is wrestling's best heel right now? Uh, personally, I feel New Japan has two great divisive examples in Jay White and Tamatonga. Uh, well, we mentioned Champa earlier. I think we've got to throw him in there as well. I think that's uh, that's only fair. I think, yep, I think Jay White and Tamatonga are awesome. Uh, who else? Who else do I think is a really, really good heel that people actually hate? There's not that many anymore. It's certainly it's certainly not a big list, which I guess you could argue is is kind of the problem. Oh, I don't know. You know, you got any? Steve? Uh, well, uh, I, I know I kind of I watch wrestling in almost entirely in the WWE sphere. So and the one that stands out, you know, at, at the top of your list is, is Champa. Um, the reactions that he's getting. I mean, that guy from the takeover the other week that's shouting, you're the devil, Champa. I don't know if he was a plant or if he was someone that just believes it's so real still. But there isn't anybody else, certainly in WWE, that's getting anything like that kind of a reaction. Um, and he is he's doing so well in his social media activity. Oh, man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pumping a, that up as well. It's such a hard thing because I, I, I would never impose that wrestlers should have to be in character on social media. I prefer it if they were, but I would never impose it because I just think that's nuts. I mean, what world are we living in where, you know, you, you can't put chains on people? Again, I would prefer it as a fan, but I completely understand why it can't necessarily be a thing. However, when people do do it right, such as Champa does, that's when you start going, this is why it works so well. This is why it works so well. This is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's a dangerous line to tread, though, isn't it? Because Baron Corbin was was doing fine, and then he just he went slightly too far with it, and supposedly that, well, that's what killed a push. Yeah, you're, so. you're working for a corporate company. Never forget that. If you ever make it WWE, you're working for a corporate company, not a wrestling company. Uh, never forget it. Uh, James Hunt, since you started your training as a wrestler, has your opinion of another wrestler changed? For instance, somebody you thought was good actually isn't as good as you thought, or more interestingly, someone you thought was bad you now think is pretty darn good. Well, actually, this ties into something I wanted to mention as well. I will take umbrage with this, because a lot of people have been going, oh, look, the guy can't take criticism. He criticizes everyone. No, I don't. I've never criticized anybody for their in-ring performance, because I don't think that... I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't do that. I think wrestling is really hard. And I've said this in countless videos, but people obviously will always choose to ignore that when they want to make a ridiculous point. But 
I, I would never do it. And that's why I've always thought any wrestler, and I'm talking about any wrestler, even Dana Brooke, who I know is not the greatest in the world and makes mistakes, but she still has got to a point you know, where she's on a grand stage and we know and we know who she was. And I'm sure she's put in loads of times and hours. So no, I don't actually look at wrestlers like that. I think anybody that's wrestling right now, I mean, some people are better than others, of course. Uh, I've been blessed enough to be in the ring with Doug Williams and recently Nathan Cruz. And, you know, straight away you realize why these guys are so good. Like, you, you can just the way they treat the match and they do it so effortlessly. So no, I don't think I, you know, not, I've certainly, people that I thought were good, I've realized how good they are. But no, not the other way. There's no one I thought, they're shit now. No one's shit in wrestling, and you can poo-poo over that all you want, but you know that's just um, that's just that's just how I see it. We we all do it as fans, as viewers. We all criticizing is, is perhaps the wrong word. We all critique it. We, everybody watches it with a, a sense of that's what I like. I like that. I don't like that. That's entertaining. That's not entertaining. You you can't get away from that. And and you know, if you're somebody that that goes on the internet and puts videos up that say this is what happened this week, and I'll put podcasts out. So this is what happens this week. These were the bits that were good. You, you can't get away from critiquing it. It's, but I think people sometimes get carried away with that idea and think actually, if you're saying that wasn't a particularly good match or that angle's not good or that story's good, that then by extension of that, you're saying that that performer is not good, um, which isn't really the case, is it? No, I agree. And I, like I say, I am all up for internet criticism. You can critique me. You can critique The Rock, Roman Reigns, whatever. I don't care. You say whatever you, whatever you want. But I think, there's a, I think there's ways and means to do it. But you do it however you feel right. But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with criticizing a segment. But I personally would never criticize a wrestler. Just wouldn't. But that doesn't mean that you can't. You can do whatever you want. Uh, Doug Searle. A few wrestlers have used injuries as gimmicks when they come back, such as The Undertaker wearing that weird mask or Champa and the crutch. What is your favorite? Easy. D'Lo Brown's chest protector. I mean, I don't think that tied into a real injury. I love that thing. In hindsight, people seem to hate it. I always loved it. I thought it was awesome. It just, I just thought it was so dumb. But yeah, that's 100% my... I love that. Not even close. That's my favorite. Cody Rhodes mask. Yeah, me. that works too, because he tied um, to his gimmick, right? It looked, I mean, it looked horrible to actually wear and wrestle in, just having that thing on you. But yeah, I mean, it, it was like... He, he reminded me of a little bit of kind of some kind of twisted villain out of a horror movie. You know, with the way he was protecting this this kind of perfect face of his, and yeah, perfectly fit in the game. I don't think they pushed it far enough, to be honest. I think they uh, well, they abandoned it a little bit sooner than than really. But then that's that kind of the story. Story of Cody, of Cody exactly. WWE, yeah, I literally took the words out of my mouth. That was just Cody Rhodes in WWE. Well, apart from Stardust, why aren't we pushing any of this stuff? You know, to to the point that we should, but. You know, he's done all right now. He's doing all right now. That's the main thing. Um, where are we? Marceline Adams. Good name. Um, oh, it's just you being very nice about my about my, uh, my, my, my injury. Thank you. And also saying, if I got a broken collarbone, it would make me consider a changing career. So I was wondering how bad an injury would have to be to make you consider stopping the in-ring action. Not that any of us wanted to happen, mind you. That's very kind. Well, this certainly won't because I feel like when you injure yourself once and you don't go back... You're, that's, that's regret material because you'll go well I'll never know I'll never know if you then get injured again then I think you can start you can start questioning it or at least trying to figure out because it may not be your fault right it may, you may just have been very very unlucky and you could be unlucky again you may just be a very unlucky human being but I think for me it would have to be like nothing that happened as awful as it was was life threatening if anything life threatening happened I think you did have to question it because then that, that, then that's what the risk is if that happens then you have to am I willing to risk my life for this probably arguably not but something like this where it's like, am I willing to go through rehab, pain, potential surgery, blah, blah, blah. The answer is yes, I, I am willing to do that. So, yeah, I, I think that's where the line is for me. Uh, but I'm just happy at the moment to take it day by day and see where we get to uh, down the line. 
So, yeah, we'll see. Luke Robinson, in your opinion, Hiroshi Tanahashi or John Cena? Who's more of an influence being the figurehead of their companies over the last 10, 15 years of them at the top? Well, I mean, no one's going to agree with this and get mad. I mean, Tanahashi is a is a flag bearer for Japanese wrestling. And what he's been able to achieve over the last two decades, a lot of it I've only just got to over the last couple of years myself, has been incredible because John Cena worked in the WWE and because, you know, for a while there, New Japan was not as big as it was today and WWE was huge. I think John Cena has got to be considered that guy because WWE went through some awful times over the last 15 years. And really, one of the reasons they kind of kept their head above what it was because of what happened with John Cena. They needed a bona fide superstar and they got one, whereas New Japan was struggling anyway. And it's only really been the last sort of three, four, five years, potentially. They've actually got back to where they were considered they should be. So, I mean, just given the, the scales, I would probably say John Cena. I can only answer that one. I really, I only have, I only have experience of watching a wrestling company with, uh, with John Cena as the as the main. But man, man but... I think that answer's fair. I think that kind of proves uh, proves that point a little bit more because a lot of wrestling fans will say that, and that's the point. That's the point. Yeah. WWE's just a bigger company. It just is. He's somebody as well that I think we will, we will judge him. We collectively wrestling fandom will judge him more kindly once he's gone. Yeah, he's starting yeah, to yeah. fade away. But when you look back at John, I mean, his his ability on the microphone, and actually his ability in the ring, um, that, that is often underrated. Um, you know, he puts together some... I mean, it's no, no surprise or no coincidence that, that he's got one of WWE's five-star matches. Um, he's, he's a much better performer than, than people often give him credit for. And I, I think, think we'll, so. uh, we'll miss him very much when he finally does hang up his boots. I agree. I, I totally agree. I've always liked John Cena. Admittedly, there's a time there when it was too much, but in hindsight, I'm all good with it. I really, I really like him. Uh, Nick Palmer, two injuries in four to five matches. Is this accident happening or the new kid must be hazed? Uh, I'll answer this as diplomatically as I can. For starters, I've said this on my What Culture video that went up today that you can go and watch. I posted it in the Facebook group. Um, I don't consider the first one an injury because if I hit anybody, including my friend Steve here, in the back of the head with a steel chair, there's a very high percentage he's going to bleed. That's what happens. So I don't really think that's, a, that's just a, a freak accident. This one... Um, I mean, if you were going to say to me, do I think that I got hit a little bit too hard? I would say yes. Um, do I think that some of that may be tied into the fact that I'm new? Yes, would be my answers. But I'm also happy to say that, that this is wrestling um, and I'm tougher than that. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. My man, Adam Pearson, who's always very nice. Now that James Ellsworth has been fired, who do you think the title contenders will be at WWE Evolution? Uh, that's a very good question. What will the title contenders be at W Evolution? Oh, uh, well, who, will the, who will the champions be at Evolution? Yeah, that's the thing. I think... Oh, man, it's October. I think Becky Lynch is going to be champion. So I can see a rematch with Carmella there. Maybe you get Oscar involved too. I could see that. On the Raw side of things, I mean, Ronda Rousey, I imagine, will also be champion by that stage. Because I think if you're doing an all-wins pay-per-view... Well, there's two things, right? You either want her to win it there or you want her to go in as champion. It's one of those two. So it all dep maybe Alexa Bliss gets through SummerSlam and then she goes on to face Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey wins at the all That's probably what's going to happen. It's a better headline. First ever women's pay-per-view, Ronda Rousey wins title. I imagine that's going to happen. I imagine that's a huge reason why they're doing it. Um, so yeah, I would go Carmella, Oscar and Lynch on SmackDown and probably Alexa, because there are so many women to get on that show, I'd probably say you'll probably get Alexa, Nia, and Ronda Rousey in the other one. So maybe two triple threats, or maybe get rid of Nia, Nia Jax in that, in that scenario. But yeah, one of the, something like that. I have a feeling they'll keep Nia Jax around in the, the main events because she's so, so different to yeah, the other performers. Yeah, exactly. And also she can she protect Ronda Rousey, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So I think they're going to do that. But so I, I'll say this: coming out of that event, I think Ronda Rousey is champion and Becky Lynch is champion. That's what I'm going to say right now, right here on this podcast. I I would definitely I would agree 100 percent with Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch, I would like to see that. I I think they might put the belt possibly back on Tasker or back on time. Put the belt on Tasker um, at that pay per view, maybe. That, that, one's, that one's tougher to call. That one's more of a 50-50. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Atman Deep, speedy recovery, my friend. Thank you. How far do you think we are from a cross-promotion of WWE and Wrong of Honor in terms of main roster talent? Triple H seems to be open to the idea, and after Vince takes on the XFL project, may it become possible? Omega versus Cena. I love your optimism. It will never happen. Because if WWE ever did that, they gain nothing. And Ring of Honor gained everything. And that's why they won't do it. They, they, they want to kill these things. They, they, you know, they, they want to eat them up alive. Like the whole Madison Square Garden thing that happened recently was because WWE tried to stomp out Ring of Honor, but then they fell into legal troubles. So it was like, oh, right. We, you know, we would just have to let them go ahead with it. So I, again, I love your optimism, but they won't do it. If anything, they'll kill Ring of Honor and just suck up all their talent. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the the post Vince McMahon days that nobody perhaps wants to talk about, but everybody knows is coming eventually. But as it stands, you know, Vince wants the monopoly. He doesn't want the competition. That's why he's launching a UK brand. As soon as there was a sniff of exactly uh, world of sport coming back, you know, and he signed up half of the world's sport competitors to, to his brand there. Um, he would just, and, and if they did do a cross promotion, as you say, all, all that would happen, um, it, it would, it would benefit ring of honor or whoever the smaller promotion was for a, for a time because they get the exposure and but then as soon as anybody kind of gained any traction you you have to expect that you know the greater money and the greater lure of a, of a wwe stage they would be they'd be cherry picked one by one by one and to eventually kill that promotion or or keep that promotion down there's, there's no way that another promotion is going to be elevated i don't think that is, um, that is, that is, that yeah, they just won't do it they can't watch. do it they can't i don't think triple h would do it either He's, he, he's, uh, you know, he's fed from the Vince McMahon tree or whatever, so I, I just can't see it happening. Uh, William P. Coppola III, always the best name. Every time an NXT superstar is called up, I'm always afraid they won't get over or WWE will end up having nothing for them. What current NXT stars that will eventually be built up do you feel will suffer the same fate as many of others? Velveteen Dream is mine. I think Vince McMahon would like Velveteen Dream because he's crazy and he's got a gimmick. So I actually think that he may actually be okay. My worry is for things like Champa and Gargano because they're not big dudes. And I worry that when Vince sees them, that's going to be the first thing he reacts to. So that's my biggest worry. Otherwise, look, the good news at the moment is Andrade seemed like he'd been killed, but now he's actually getting some traction and it seems like he's going to get a push. So you just never know. I'd say keep the faith, but I completely understand your worry as well, yes. I think the the one that comes to mind immediately that's that's currently you know, on fire in NXT for me is uh, Shayna Baszler um, because she's unique in NXT. But as soon as she comes up to the main roster, then you know, she's just going to be overshadowed by Ronda Rousey because she's Ronda Rousey's less famous, you know, less successful mate. So she's the one that I think that they unless they put I me mean, even if they put them into a feud, then. I think that's that she's going to reach a, a ceiling there probably and, and does struggle to find a way to make her as, as unique and as relevant on the main roster as they're doing um, down on NXT. Um, I do think we, as a general thing on NXT, I think we 
uh, the expectation that we have of, of guys when they come up from NXT to the main roster is probably skewed by the way NXT works. So whenever somebody comes up, they come up from being the champion, whether it's Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or Samoja. They, they've always they've been the one in the spotlight, the main man um, that the promotions revolved around for their little bit of the cycle um, until they've had their feud, they've had the championship, they've lost the championship, and they've been at. And then when they come up to the main roster, we kind of say this is this is the man, this is the. the and then there isn't a spot there for them to be the main man again because they're already there's already Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and John Cena and AJ Styles and so they go into a pretty good position and and a lot of them are used very well but they just can't be used in the same way and I think we often see and I've done it myself I've, I've looked at somebody that's come up like Kevin Owens for example I think Kevin Owens is a fantastic performer but I would love to see him going back to being NXT Kevin Owens where he's you know he, he's he's like a another Brock Lesnar character he's a a ruthless, you know, ass-kicking, fighting machine, um, and not a sneaky, snivelly, cowardly heel. Yeah, but WWE does love that. But there isn't a spot for him to be that guy because that guy is currently Brock Lesnar and now Braun Strowman. So they've got him in a role, and they've got him in a role that he's doing very well, and he's held championships and things. But it's not the role that that we kind of, you know, I built him up to being. So I think that's why we we see a lot of NXT call-ups come up as failures or, or or seem to fail when they first come up, and and it's perhaps not quite. It's not quite accurate. It's just it's a it's a perception thing. I agree. I, I get it. Also, it's a, it's a flip of a coin. It all depends on the mood Vince McMahon's in, and if he looks at you, what he thinks of you. That's it. Mm. That's it. Uh, right. One more because uh, uh, well, just because <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. Uh, who would you have as Raw Tag Team Champions, and who would you have as SmackDown Tag Team Champions? There's quality teams like AOP and the Revival on Raw, and SmackDown Live with the Usos and the bar. Um, I'm actually quite happy with the B team being champions for now. I like it when something kind of gets over a little bit and, and we go with it. So, yeah, I've I, I, I got no problem with that. Obviously, Revival down the line, I think, would be good. Same with Authors of Pain, if they can book them right. Over on SmackDown, I just want the Bludgeon Brothers to be used more. I love, I love the Bludgeon Brothers. I thought they were an awesome sort of throwback tag team. They make me laugh. Uh, in a good way, and yet sometimes they don't even feature on the show. So, again, I, I would rather invest more time into them, but if they were going to lose it, um, phew, I don't even know who, who I would go with. I, I, I mean, the, the problem with SmackDown is all the teams have kind of had it so many times, they, they're just kind of just hard. I mean, maybe put on the bar for a while, yeah. I, I, wouldn't really, I, I keep on the Bludgeon Brothers. I, 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 I just treat them a bit differently. Yeah, I think um, the problem I have with the bar is that, t- to me, they still seem like Sheamus and Cesaro. They still seem like two separate superstars that have been, you know, they should, that they didn't have anything to do with them on the singles roster. So they've thrown them together and, and I'm not criticizing their chemistry. They work very well together. They're a very good team, but they don't seem like two that, that are going to stay as a team. They're, they're eventually, they're, they're going to remember what they want to do with them. Um, whereas the Bludgeon Brothers or the AOP or the Revival, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're proper teams. Um, I, yeah, I suppose the revival, um, as I said before, they're the ones that I would like to see um, get the raw belts and, and you know go on and be champions, be be quite dominant champions. I think watching some of the other teams chase them and challenge them um, in a similar way to, to DIY did um, in NXT, I think they could have some really really good matches that way. Yeah, um, no, I think I, yeah, I, I think the tag team division could be focused on more. Um, I, 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 but apparently Vince Man doesn't like tag team wrestling, so I don't know. I don't know. We will see. 
we, we, we will see what happens, right? There are more questions, which I'll make sure I answer in a future podcast. I've written them all down, um, so I don't want to... Uh, I, I will get back to them, but it is getting rather late over here in the UK, and I have to be up at the crack of dawn to get my shoulder checked out. So I thought I'd just bring it to an end. That's what I'm doing. So, so it's as simple as that, but I will get to your questions, uh, your questions down the line. But Steve, thank you very much for joining me. Is there any other wrestling-related content you'd like to talk about before we draw this to a close? Um, no, I, well, I think we've covered everything that's, that's, that's going on this week and what's coming up. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm quite happy with what we've done. Um, awesome. I'd just like to say, um, to I wasn't going to talk about this while we were on, but just to throw in my weight behind the, what everybody else is saying, you know, the, the well wishes for you. Um, oh, that's very kind. You know, it's, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a fan and as a listener, um, you know, it's, it's awesome following your journey. Um, you know, as a as a kid, you know, when I was 11 years old, I was telling everybody that I was going to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> and then at some point, you know, I I realized that that that's not the world for me, you know, or I don't belong in that world. And I kind of let that dream die. So the fact that, you know, you've got to a stage where you've gone, you know what, screw it. This is my dream. I'm going to follow it. Wow, uh, and we, we're kind of coming along with you for the ride. You know, I'm living my dream vicariously through you. So, uh, well, you know, we've got everything behind you. That is that. I don't even have a response, man. That's, that's ridiculously nice of you, and I really appreciate that. And without wanting to sound too cheesy, it's words like that that keep me going. So thank you, man. That, 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 genuinely, that genuinely means a lot to me. Uh, and like I said, I've got this update tomorrow, so I will put a podcast out over the weekend where I answer the rest of your questions, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you what's happened. Obviously, I'll keep you updated about Simon of 316. But thank you, Steve. Thank you for the support, and thank you for the kind words, man. That really does mean a lot. Oh, no, thank you for having me on. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Always, dude. Uh, again, you can support all of this at patreon.com forward slash Simon316, which, as some people have asked, so I will say, yes, that does also support my wrestling stuff, uh, you know, because if I have to go away for three days and I can't do any work, that's, you know, that's how it ties in. So, again, I've always said this was a journey for everybody, and I stand by that. So, yeah, like, thank you so much to everybody. Facebook group, Simon Miller's Pro Podcast. Simon316 on Instagram, on Twitter, and if you'd rather watch the podcast, it's youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Stephen, thank you very much again. I just called you Stephen there. I don't know why I threw an N on your end of your name. Steve- I'm, I'm in trouble suddenly. <laughs> I don't know. I know I did that. I just thought I what I'm talking about. Thank you very much as always. Thank you very much for everyone joining me. Sorry about last week. Sorry that we've only done one this week, but hopefully it's a little bit longer than usual and we ticked all the boxes. And like I said, I will get another one up. Just a short update over the weekend so you know where we stand. If you're iTunes, give us a review. Give us five stars. And if nothing else, again, thank you to everyone for all the support, all the kind words. Not only is it awesome anyway, but it negates all the idiots that like to come after me as well. But it's all good. You put yourself out there and you've got to expect all that. But anyway, I will talk to you all very soon.